0: Welcome to episode 44, where we're going to be talking about all things YouTube with the amazing Erin May Henry. Welcome to Life as a Freelance Writer, the content podcast, where I will show up weekly to share what I have learned as a writer, a freelancer, and a business owner. My purpose is to inform and educate, so I want to help you get the most out of yourself, whether you are a writer, an entrepreneur, anything in between. Join me as I share my top tips, my struggles, and my triumphs to hopefully inspire or just entertain. Remember, content is king, and that's why I love being the content queen. Hello, gang. How are we? Happy September, <laughs> I guess. I, um, You know what's really interesting about entrepreneurship, and I think something that we forget that you know, if you get sick, you're kind of a bit screwed. So look after your health, everyone. So important. I say this because I had a headache all morning and like the good thing was like I could choose when I started work so I could start a bit later but at the same time also like you know if that hadn't knocked me out all day that's like a whole day gone so we really need to focus on our health that is like number one um and I sort of only realized that um I guess in these last few months, like obviously I've always known how health, how important health is, but like really focusing on it. So like in the month of August, my mission was to work on all things health. And so I set like a mission to sort of like, I had a goal, a main goal around my health. And then like all these mini like goals, KPIs, I guess, I had like an affirmation that I'd say every day And um, it was amazing. I just feel like I've just transformed uh, around my health. I'm like, I feel really good about my body, like, you know, both inside and out. Like, it's really interesting. So, you know, you can do that with anything in your life. I'm going to be doing it this month for like money, money mindset and abundance. So I'll keep you posted with how that all goes. Um, But it kind of stemmed off the book, The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod. Um, He was really like the inspiration from that. But anyway, uh, this week we're going to be talking about all things YouTube. Now, I have the incredible Erin May Henry to come on and talk about all things YouTube because she is like the guru. Before I I introduce Erin and we we jump into the episode, I just really wanted to, you know, sort of share my YouTube journey, I guess. Like I, I started a YouTube... When I was like a travel, like doing Travelers Antics, which was my first ever blog, and um, I sort of like just posted stuff on it, pretty random. I wasn't really consistent with it at all. And then when I started my business, I started my YouTube channel, and I was doing like a fortnightly YouTube video around educating on content, but I didn't really have a strategy, so it just didn't work. And then like this sort of coming into this year, I did, did want to do a YouTube vlog around like my travel, like. And, you know, when lockdown sort of happened, I was like, oh, well, I'll just start it now and then I'll be traveling in like July. So yeah, well, we're still here, aren't we? But um, I sort of like took a week off last week because I really wanted to think about my YouTube and obviously Erin really, really inspired me. And now I'm just sort of making some tweaks and changes around my YouTube channel and and looking at the analytics, of course, and like looking at the content and just continue to create because I love creating them, but I feel like I was just sort of plateauing. So I am going to be doing uh, a lot more around my YouTube channel, but that's sort of a little bit about my journey with YouTube. But let's uh, obviously introduce Erin, who uh, is a content creator on YouTube. So Erin is an Australian YouTube content creator and founder of The Game Changer Company. After receiving the advice during her year at university that all digital entrepreneurs should focus on building an audience, Erin has been creating YouTube content ever since and now has reached over 100,000 subscribers with her business and mindset videos, In 2017, Erin started her business, Coaching Business, which has now taught thousands of mission-driven entrepreneurs the skill that they need to develop a success mindset and build an online business. So Erin's business is called The Game Changer Co. I'll put all of her links below. But um, yeah, she is just incredible. Her story is incredible. Her content is incredible. So let's dive into all things YouTube with Erin. Thank you so much, Erin, for joining the show. Can you please tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and your business?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, So hi, everyone. It's lovely to meet you. I am Erin, or as I'm known on the internet, Erin May Henry. Um, So basically what I do is I'm a YouTuber and also a business coach. I specifically focus with my business on helping personal brand-based businesses, so people who are more so wanting to not only just build a business, but also to be the face of their brand, to really put themselves out there and to kind of have that influential status as well as that service-based online business. I also do help people who are already influencers with bigger audiences start businesses so they can have a more sort of secure form of income rather than just constantly relying on AdSense or brand deals or all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, and then on YouTube as well, I do create lifestyle and like personal personal development content. So just really a bit of everything, to be honest.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I actually, I first heard you on Ruby's podcast and then I saw your talk in She Mentors and I'm like, you know, all things personal branding. It's just so amazing to watch. It's so good. So you started on YouTube um, and built this amazing following. Can you just tell everyone a little bit more about your YouTube journey? I love it so much. Absolutely, and I was just going to say. Then the reason why
1: I love personal branding so much actually ties beautifully into the story of like why I started YouTube. The reason being is like I'm such a multi-passionate person. Like I feel like we kind of all are, but I'm a Gemini as well. Like, I change my mind more than I have hot dinners, to be honest. But I find personal branding is such a great way to allow for that flexibility and freedom. And when you have an audience, when you have a community of people who trust you. You know, if you want to have a service-based business and then maybe you're really obsessed with coffee and you want to launch a coffee brand, like you just have so much more freedom and flexibility. That's why I'm just in love with personal branding. But yeah, that's a big part of like my YouTube story. So I did start YouTube at the advice of someone when I was studying business and public relations back in uni, there was this like compulsory event that I had to go to. And there was this one speaker that was talking about like the future of digital entrepreneurship. And he basically said, like, if there's one thing you should be doing now as students is like getting online and building an audience. Because again, like that personal brand status, that Audience community, it allows you to kind of go down so many different avenues, explore different things. I took that so literally that, like, the next day I started. Like, I'm not even joking. I have the ticket from the event, and like my first video upload, and they are a day apart. But at the time, I like didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still. I started doing PR because I thought I was going to be like Samantha Jones, but you know that didn't really turn (laughs) out. PR is not what you see on Sex and the City. Um, But I still just had no idea what I was going to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about. What I'm passionate about right now, and that is the Kelly Itzen's Bikini Body Guide. <laughs> so I started just doing like reviews and fitness videos, and started a little blog and. That was back in 2014 and I just consistently grew my audience, again, really focusing on my personal brand, like building a solid connection with my community, really, really nurturing that seed audience, that group of people that were following me because they liked me for me rather than necessarily even, you know, the content. And then over time, I naturally evolved to more lifestyle, more mindset. And then when I did launch my business coaching business, after I got my degree, I, um, yeah, just sort of had that audience
0: sitting there ready and waiting, which was very good. That's amazing. I love that so much. I I love what you said about PR too, because I've also worked in PR.
1: Oh my gosh. Honestly, like I literally thought, because I used to do events as well before just as like, um, you know, like fashion aid, all these events, like just helping out, just doing little things like that. And I loved it. It was like glitz and glam. And at the time, like for me, my past, I wasn't always like the good one at school or really motivated. All I ever wanted to do was party. Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I just wanted to party. That's all I wanted to do. So it naturally seemed like such a good fit. Hey, I love to party. I'll host events for the rest of my life. But what I didn't realize is like when you do PR and events, like the first years of your career is going to be like getting coffee, doing spreadsheets, organizing tasks. And I'm like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> no, thank you. That's not worth the life of partying. <laughs> I love
0: it. I feel like we're the same. I'm definitely all for the party. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I love what you, um, <clears throat> what you said, you took it really literal. Cause my mum always says to me, Mariah, if someone said, this is the formula to doing X, Y, Z, you would follow it to the absolute T and just go with it. And it's, it's funny. I started my blog in 2014. And if I had the the motivation like you did i mean who knows where i would be but isn't that just like the funny thing about online even now it's like we make that start and as soon as we make that start and we stick to it we see results but it's like we want that instant you know gratification and, and you've built yours for so long which is amazing
1: Hundred percent. But I also just want to mention on that, like I think the reason why I was so consistent is, and I know this is so cliche to say, but I was so naive. Like I think that I, yeah, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I just want my views to go up, and I would sit there and I would like refresh the page over and over and over again, watching my views go go up. But I, I almost was so naive to the fact that I thought it was just going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think. It's not going to happen, or it's too late, or all of these excuses that a lot of people come up with. I think that it's way more common now because obviously there's more competition, a lot more people talk about mindset, so it's in people's awareness. But like back then, I never. I just was so naive to the fact that I even could fail. Like, I was just waiting for the day I went viral. I was like sure that it was going to happen. And so I was just constantly like, you know, yeah, it was disappointing when I was refreshing and there was no views, absolutely. But that's a big part of why I was so consistent. And I think for anyone listening, like, if you are starting a podcast, starting a YouTube channel, starting a blog, like, try to go in it with as much of the reassurance that there is no possibility of failure. Because really, the only failure is when you quit, right? When you just stop creating at all you've just got to keep at it and I think if you can kind of just be like right all right I'm just going to accept that it is what it is I'm going to keep trying to improve I'm going to keep showing up until it happens not if it happens
0: that's where that consistency came from for me because I was just sure if I just kept absolutely I love that that's such a good mindset and I think that's sort of the benefit of um you know when you did it so young because you were just like you know the world is my oyster it's funny I read this book um by Hal Elrod, I'm obsessed with him. And in his book, he said, when we're younger, where, you know, we want to be the most famous basketballer, the most famous ballerina. Like we know we can do it. But there's something that happens in that journey from childhood to our adult life that that makes us think, Oh, I can't get there. That's, you know, that's only for people unlike me. So I love that, you know, that was sort of the benefit of when you started so young. But I think if we all thought that mindset, you know, we can't fail, as you said, which I love. I love that you touched on that. Um, When you said uh, around, you know, everyone sort of, you know, talking about a range of different topics now that maybe weren't as popular, maybe five, 10 years ago what sort of advice would you give to someone that wants to start maybe a business or a personal brand that is quite a heavy market and they're thinking, well, everyone's doing it. So why would people want to buy from me?
1: Okay. So
0: Two things on that. Like, I just want to say on the thing that
1: you said before about when we're kids, you know, we think I'm going to be the next like Britney Spears or that would have been like our age, but you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be the next, I always thought I was going to be as famous as the Spice Girls, you know? And it's just like, the thing is people are still becoming that successful these days. So the question I ask, and I know again, this might sound a little cliche, but it's like, why not you? Like, why couldn't you be the next Oprah, the next... Tony Robbins, the next whoever you want to be, like whoever you look up to, we're still going to have people who are famous, people who are ultra successful. It's not like there's going to be this just gap for the millennials. You know, we have all these famous people now, and then there's going to be this huge gap and nobody's going to be successful and famous. And then what, there'll be another group of famous people. Like there's always going to be people. So the question is like, why not you? And that kind of goes in with what you're asking about if you're in a more saturated market, what you've got to realize is that, yes, okay, the reality is there is more competition, but what more more competition means is just a higher quality of output. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. The people who are succeeding, they do go the extra mile. I talk a lot in my programs. I've particularly got a course in demand where I go heavily into this because it's about building an in-demand brand, but like the concept of mastery, like the people who are thriving still to this day in their industry are the ones that just go the extra mile. They're able to add more value. It doesn't matter if you're in a saturated niche, if you can show up more than everyone else does, that you can add the value that other people aren't adding, that you really focus on branding, that you're ultra consistent. I had a client who only started her business like two years ago and she is thriving in the Instagram niche. And I mean, Instagram is like totally totally saturated right every man and their dog has an instagram course and yet she's still able to scale it up to a million dollars because she just i just personally believe her content was so valuable she just put so much work into what she was doing Um, and similarly in the kind of personal development niche on youtube I mean, you would think that would be kind of ultra saturated, but uh, there's a guy, Matt Diavella, I don't know if you know him, he's really amazing, but he only started, well, he started ages ago, but he only really blew up in the last kind of like two years because he just created really good, highly valuable content. You know what I mean? So there are still people that are essentially like coming out of the woodwork or just starting today that are just whether they grow quickly or whether they grow slowly, they're still growing. And I really do think it's because they're just putting in the effort to be kind of better than everybody else, but not better, like not a better person. You know I mean? Everyone's a good person, but just, they're just putting in a little bit more effort, just going that little extra bit extra mile. So it creates something that people haven't seen before.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, and that uh, perfectly, you know, leads into what I want to ask you next around the content that you create on YouTube and, and how you've managed to, you know, grow that. How have you gained inspiration to create content for your channel? I know a lot of my clients are like, "I, I just run out of ideas. How can I like create more value? So I'd be really keen to pick your brain on, on how you plan out, you know, your content and continue to gain inspiration. Such a
1: great question. But honestly, like there's really only two things that I focus on. The first is that I learned very early on that like my life is my content. And I think this comes with an understanding of your own limiting beliefs, and knowing how to work through those because a lot of people have fears of, Oh, I'm boring, or what I have to say is not interesting, or why would people care? You know, all of that imposter syndrome stuff. But I realize that if I'm thinking something, if I'm going through a situation, if something is happening in my life, the chances are that because my audience are so similar to who I am, like my audience predominantly are females from the age of 25 to 35. Like they're they're me. You know what I mean? They're interested in the same stuff as I am. I know this even st- statistically because of the similar channels that I get recommended with on YouTube. Like they're all the channels that I watch. So it's like, clearly if I'm interested in it, my audience are going to be interested in it. And so I realized that if I'm having a thought, just share it, pick up my phone, do a little story about it. You know, if I'm vlogging, whatever's going on in my life is going to be the most like pressing topic. But then the thing is as well, like I am constantly learning. I guess that still has to do with like what's going on in my mind and in my life. But I think that definitely, especially with the start of everything that happened this year, I kind of fell off like the learning bandwagon. I was watching a lot more just like trashy content than I was educational content. Um, And I found that I did struggle a little bit more to create content when I'm constantly learning and adding to onto the ideas and the things that I've already learned into the past. Like that is the fuel for the content that I create. If I read a book, if I listen to a video and then I have a thought and then I have a conversation about it. And it's just like layering upon layering upon layering in this pool of content ideas that I can pull from. So overcoming the limiting beliefs that stop you from creating content around your life. But also if you're constantly learning new things, you know, working with a coach, taking courses, reading books, listening to podcasts like this one, you know, just watching YouTube videos, whatever you need to do, learn in the way that feels comfortable for you. But the more you learn, it's like a cake roll. The more ingredients you put in, the more you'll be able to output.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that you said like, my life is content. I, I was going on a hike with a friend just before COVID down in Wilson's prom, which is beautiful. Oh, and, nice. and I know it's so good. And she was we were talking about something. I can't, we'll just, we kept saying how beautiful it was and, and how amazing it was And she turned to me. She's like, life is content. And I was like, life is content. And you aren't, you're not even in this business world and you know, life is content. So it's so true. And we, we get so caught up in our day to day that we forget to build up that muscle, to continue to create content based on what we're learning, what we're doing and and how we're taking on our life because life and business is so, you know, they're so mixed. So, yeah.
1: And one thing I just want to say on that as well is like, we've got to remember that even though as human beings, we are all so different, like we're all so beautifully unique. The reality is that what drives us, it's only falls into, you know, one of a few categories. It's our, you know, money, sort of business, that kind of finance career area, relationships, health, like really when we set goals, they're really only falling into like one of those few categories. And so if you're striving for things in one of those individual areas, chances are that so is your audience. Like your audience is along this journey with you of probably just trying to better their lives. I mean, that's what most content is. If it's not in the entertainment industry, you know, where it's just like comedy or things like that, but in any type of how to personal development, like the industry that I'm, I'm assuming a lot of your audiences are in because they're listening to podcasts, um, business, like you've got to realize that all of those things that you're thinking about achieving and that you're wanting to progress towards other people are as well. So even though I think it's still important to stay on topic and to, focus focus on your niche, splashing it out with a little bit of like what's going on in your life. It just adds to the differentiation of who you are as a human being, which is another great way to stand out in a saturated niche, like layering what you do with who you are.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, we, I think even on our Instagram stuff, when we find we're sharing content from our day to day, like you know, the fact that you had a I had a perfect avocado the other day, and everyone <laughs> loved
1: it. Honestly, honestly, there is nothing more rewarding than a perfect avocado, and it's just so difficult to achieve. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. You know, what my thought process is so awful. <laughs> Like when you go to a cafe, and Avo always looks so amazing. Yeah. Like, how much money do you think they spend on throwing out avocados?
1: I was just thinking that those, it's like Phoebe in Friends with the trees and the Christmas trees, and she's like, What happens to all the trees that don't make the cut? What happens to all the avocados that don't make the (laughs) cut?
0: That's why smashed Avo is so expensive. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because of the wastage. Oh,
0: i love it i really feel like avocado now oh my god oh my i have it for lunch i'm so excited yeah, so yeah. um so going back to your your content creation because obviously you know you're not just on youtube you're on all like you're on uh instagram you have other channels that you show up on you've got a podcast how do you you know add your content creation as part of your business development because obviously your business is you know is massive you obviously have so much that you already do i have a lot of people that say to me like how do you find the time to create all the content that you do? So I would love to know, you know, especially with a YouTube channel, editing videos, all of the things when you first started out and even now, like how do you sort of ensure that content creation is part of your business development?
1: Absolutely. So, I kind of just want to answer this with three kind of different answers. First of all, yes, I have like multiple different platforms, but something that has really helped me, and this is only something that I would say in the maybe last 12 months I've really nailed down, something that really helps me create all of these different content on all of these different platforms is understanding the purpose of each individual platform and how it fits into my business. So, YouTube is my personal branding platform. I actually don't create very much business content, even though I'm a business coach. I don't create a lot of business content on YouTube. I talk about the things that I'm passionate about. It's how I walk the talk. You know what I mean? I teach people how to build their personal brands and become known online um, and build a business around that. So YouTube is me doing that thing. You know, it's like me going into the gym if I was a personal trainer. So YouTube for me is really how I'm creating content, building my personal brands and then funneling that towards my business. The podcast is a place for me to really connect with my community. I talk a lot about community. It's it's a place where I can sort of flex my muscles in terms of the things that I can actually teach. So I talk a lot more about business, but because community and connection is one of my number one values, I do a lot of interviews. I get to know people. I introduce people to my community. I highlight my clients. I always inter- interview my clients and things. Instagram stories, similarly to YouTube, is me showcasing like, it, it's kind of twofold. It's showcasing. Chasing the personal brands, but it's also where I sell a lot of stuff and that's where I connect with my audience on that deeper level. And it's kind of that interim between get to know me and become my customer or client. Um, And those are like kind of the main ones that I do use, but just really understanding the purpose of each individual platform rather than, oh, I'm going to have an idea. Let me just throw it over here or let me throw it over here. Like having everything be its own thing and its own purpose for your business is really important. Now, how I do it all is... I hate almost answering this question, but the truth is I love it. I really do. Like there's no, oh, I have to do this. I have to create this. Like I love creating content. I try to build my business or I'm continuing to try to build my business in a way that all I'm doing is creating content. All I want to do in my business is make videos and do video calls. So coaching calls and clients and and speaking, basically. I don't want to do anything that doesn't involve speaking. (laughs) So really just thinking about like, I don't waste a lot of time having to force myself to do it. I think a lot of people, you've got to find a way to love it. If content creation is going to be a part of your business, there's so many different types of formats that you can do. There's so many different platforms. There's so many different content styles, like different programming, like you've just got to find a way to love it and go ham with that. And then the third thing is I have a team. Now I didn't, I didn't always have a team. I used to do everything myself, but the reality is now my partner helps me edit a lot of my videos and I have an OBM, which has taken like 70% of the workload of my business away from me and people supporting with my copywriting, Pinterest content, things like that. And so, yeah, it really is again, I, I didn't start there, but that's probably another reason why I'm able to yeah. push so much stuff out. <laughs> no,
0: but like at the end of the day, you still built that up. And yeah. I, you know, I love what you said about, you know, you love the the content creating part, but I think a lot of us need to remember that we love our niche and we love what yeah. we do because it's our business. and Absolutely. Part of that.
1: And I, I want to say this as well. Like I talk about this a lot on, well, just everywhere because I do get a lot of people who say things to me like, oh, I have to create a YouTube video. I have to show up on Instagram stories. And I get that there's fears associated with that. Like totally, if you're sabotaging because you've got fear of showing up, work on that. But you know what you need to work on, just get there. But the thing that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is when people, they choose a niche because a, it's going to be profitable. They have seen everyone else do it and their whole business then becomes a job. It becomes a chore. Like, what you've got to realize is that it's a privilege what we get to do here. We get to like hold a little piece of equipment in our hands and be like, hey, world, listen to what I have to say. Like, that's incredible. You know, if we really stop back, step back and think about it, like maybe you're not working full-time in your business yet. Maybe you're not at the stage yet. But like being able to work towards your job, being you talking about something that you're passionate about is like a really cool thing. And so I think that if you're in a position where – showing up on stories, showing up on YouTube, recording podcasts is totally draining to you, then yes, if it's not fear, it's a matter of you not enjoying your niche. And I promise you, it's going to be a long, slow, apathetically draining ride if you don't just choose something you're interested in. And the litmus test that I always tell people is like, you've got to be willing to answer the same question over and over and over and over and over and over again. And if you're not willing to have the same conversation over again, the niche isn't right for you. Choose something else. Because I tell you like the conversations that even we're having today, I've had them many times before and they still light me up and I'll talk about it till the day I die.
0: Yeah. No, I love that so much. And it's so important to pick something that you are passionate about and you know that you can stick with. And I love that you said about, you know, different channels having a purpose. I talk about, you know, having, you can have a channel just for fun. It doesn't have to be that you sell on that channel. It can be just to build your personal brand. Absolutely. I love, I love that you said that because I think a lot of the times we get stressed about creating content that might not have, you know, a purpose as such, but if it's to bring joy, it's a purpose.
1: So. And, he, and even if it brings joy, it's still bringing awareness. Something I teach in my business is like, cause I love everything to be super simple. And so my whole philosophy is based around the concept of the ABC business model, which is like a condensed version of the 12 step buyers journey. It's like, you've got to have something to bring awareness to your business. Some people use content, some people use ads. Um, you've got to have a way to build trust and build, nurture people, nurture leads. But I say build relationships because to me, it sounds more connecting, you know, build that trust with your audience. And then of course, you've got to have a place to sell to them if you have a business. So yes, you may have some platforms and some content that are purely for bringing joy, but the good thing is like they still will be bringing awareness, which is a crucial part of that business model.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that so much. So going back to YouTube and, and talking about, you know, starting a YouTube channel, creating a YouTube, um, you know, like a a connection on YouTube, what's some of the tips you would give to someone looking to start or who might already be in there and and might be like, Oh, I'm I'm not too sure if, if this is for me or if I'm actually getting the traction that I want, because we know, we always look at vanity metrics, but I, I would love to to pick your brain on some tips for people looking to start
1: in YouTube. Okay, so do you want like the complex answer or the very simple answer? Oh, um, trick both. questions, <laughs> both. <laughs> Let's go complex. So the complex answer is you have to understand the purpose of YouTube. And I'm going to say it, the YouTube algorithm. What the YouTube algorithm is there to do is to serve the most ideal content to the consumer of that content. It's not there to help you as a YouTube content creator, promote your stuff. That's not what it's there to do. It wants us, the viewers, to stay on the platform as long as possible. And so what it will do is service content that it thinks we will enjoy. So if that's being the case, if you're in a niche, you have to make your content familiar to the people who are already watching that niche. Now, I'm not saying copy anyone's content or anyone's branding, but what I'm saying is there will be certain things that work. Perfect example of this is a small change that I made massively, massively increased my visibility recently on YouTube because I noticed that a lot of the personal development females, the ones that create a lot of sort of mindset content, all used light colors. Now, I was using this like mustardy dark color. I often used blacks before and it didn't actually work as well. When I simply just changed the color of my thumbnails, it massively helps. Like that's a small change. You know, I'm not changing my personality, my content or anything like that. Just those tiny little changes can make a huge difference. Why? Because if someone's watching a video and they absolutely love this style video, then YouTube delivers them a video that looks kind of similar. They're more likely to click on it And which means the YouTube algorithm is more likely to promote that to other people already watching that style of content. The second thing is you've got to realize that again, all YouTube wants is to keep people on the platform. So when you're making videos, you have to really be conscious of, is this interesting enough to hold people's attention? You know, little things like your editing style, rather than just having one long clip, like a podcast where you're just sitting there talking, that kind of stuff doesn't really work on the platform. It needs to be snappy. It needs to be jumpy. It needs to be to the point. It needs to be direct. It needs to be succinct. You need to get your point across really quickly because, you know, the reality is people's attention span on YouTube is kind of short. And so you've got to make sure that the content you're creating is really captivating right from the get-go. You've got about three seconds to make someone decide whether they want to watch the video or not. And then keeps their attention throughout as long as possible. And so really spend some time. Don't just grab a screenshot afterwards and put a little bit of text on it, like a high quality picture edited in, you know, VSCO cam or Lightroom or something like that. Like really trying to make a thumbnail that is eye catching, that stands out, spends a little bit of time on your own home screen. What kind of things catch your eye? Um, And at the end of the day, of course, for the more like business and personal brand side of things, of course you do want to try, like create really the best content that you can. Um, but I think that kind of goes without saying, and that was the simple answer that I was going to say. Um, but those are the other like tools that I'd really recommend investing in is like keeping people's attention and getting their attention in the first place with a really high quality thumbnail.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think that you know, it's those little tweaks and changes that you can make that make that massive difference. And it's the same with emails. You know, you've got your subject line that gets people yeah. to through. You know, YouTube—it's just your picture and and, and yeah. how you present that. Exactly. And I guess, like you know, with attention span now, we're used to watching fifteen-second TikToks. So
1: exactly, I know it's making it a lot worse. But even still, like there are people on the platform who are still absolutely thriving. So an example I can think of is like Sarah's Day. You know, Sarah's days yet yeah. so she absolutely thrives on the platform she creates longer style vlog videos and I really you know from doing my own sort of analysis of her channel because I'm a nerd like that but from my doing my own analysis it really is just because there's two, there's two things I mean we can get really sort of into the psychology of I don't know if this is a too heavy of a conversation but the first thing is like she is really capturing people's attention with those quick snappy in out you know the changing the frame changing the background going back The YouTube thumbnails are like the most important thing. Some would say more important than the video, which is really weird. You still want to have a good video, but the click through rate, like getting people who see your thumbnail to actually click on it is again, that and the duration that they watch are the two most important uh, analytic sort of assessments on the platform. Even if it's just a small little like change in the frame or something like that, like, more so for a maybe vlogger style video, sit down, you don't want to be going in and out every 30 seconds, but every so often, like just breaking the pattern, right? The other thing is as well, if we're going to get really, really into it is like YouTube is in the lifestyle niche more. So I would say it's, you know, there's obviously comedy there's, there's lots of different things, but unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, two elements that really work on YouTube and they kind of feel like they contradict, but if you can nail both of them together, they work and that is aspiration and relate. So the people who absolutely blow up on YouTube really quickly, there is a level of aspiration to something that they're doing. I'm not saying that you need to be rich and driving a Maserati and like the, you know, fittest person in the world, aspiration can be anything. It can be the way that you make your food. It can be the way that you style your home. It can be, you know, how good you are at a yoga pose, something that people aspire towards, but then also a very relatable personality. So an example of that, again, you know, when you ask, is, is it too late? There was someone who blew up major on, um, on YouTube recently. I can't remember her name, but it was this young girl. She lived in a van with a snake. Um, (laughs) yeah, it was just, it was strange. It was obviously it had that level of, huh? But also like the fact that she had this like freedom, this van life, she had this really cool style van. There was aspiration there. She was also really funny and down to earth and you know, the videos that she made. So like, I'm not necessarily saying go out there and don't be authentic to who you are, but those are just small considerations. Like people want to watch content that they look up towards unless you're, I don't know, Googling how to, Boil an egg or something you know what i mean outside of the how-to industry yeah. but for, for a lifestyle kind of content people want to exclusive to youtube i'm sure it's the same everywhere i think i just study youtube a lot more
0: yeah no i i love that my my housemate loves sarah's days we we she used to watch her videos all the time and they'd go for like 15 minutes and she'd yeah. just sit there and watching and I'm yeah. like you can't even watch like a whole story series on instagram but you'll sit there on youtube it, it's sure. it's incredible how you know you can capture an audience if you do it really well and yeah. you know those examples are amazing i actually love watching those van transformations when people yeah. like have an old school bus and they make it into something amazing like and you follow their journey like that's just you know you could watch that for hours
1: yeah absolutely absolutely transformation that so that's got like that aspirational piece like i'm I'm the same. I absolutely love watching like, you know, people's like fitness journeys or, you know, business journeys or anything. Cause there is that again, it's so relatable because they've started from somewhere and you can see them progressing, but then it's like, Holy crap, if they can do it, I can do it. So yeah, yeah, it's just really thinking about, you know, when you are creating, I guess like any type of content, like, is this relevant to your audience? Is it relatable to your audience? But also why should they look up to you as a leader? Like, what are you doing that is aspirational, inspirational for them?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question to ask. Ask yourself when you're starting, you know, a YouTube. I, I love that. So when now you're going back, okay, so you've got other platforms that you show up on, and you've got your YouTube channel where you know you, you consistently post content to. I'm just keen to know, you know, how where do you do you promote your YouTube? How do you gain you know more exposure to your channel? What are some of the things that you do? Do you promote it on your Instagram, like I know I've seen you promote it, but you know, what are sort of the thing, the thought process you go through to sort of gain more exposure to the platform?
1: Okay. So yes, I do promote it a lot on Instagram. So every time I put out a new video, I will like, you know, sort of within sort of 24 to 12 hours, I'll put a little countdown timer, new videos coming out. But the reality is that most of the growth that happens for me on YouTube is happening because I'm specifically tweaking those little elements. Like I said, the thumbnail, the titles, I'm always looking at my analytics. I never used to, this has only been like this year, but it really has worked. Like my channel grew like, I think 15,000 subscribers last year and 20,000 subscribers in the last like two months. So it's like, look look at your analytics. Like I never used to be an analytics girl. I used to be like, oh, let me just freak though. But like, honestly, analytics have so much amazing power and data but yeah so I started looking at my analytics like I have taken you know I've involved myself in a lot of programs we have a lot of YouTube support here as well I've got a YouTube manager who works for Google Um, so I never really used these features before how I've really been growing my platform on YouTube is through really heavily focusing on those elements like I said making really good titles making really good thumbnails looking out at what's kind of like trending like I'm never going to make a like here's a slime video or something, you know, I'm I'm never going to create anything that's unauthentic to me, but you know, little things like when the iPad pro came out, I was like, huh, I'm going to buy this. Maybe I'll make a video on it and talk about it. So just watching out for those trends. Again, it's really just trying to focus on like getting yourself onto the home screen. I will say it obviously is easier when you do have a little bit of an audience already. Um, But for the most part, just like trying to, if you are just starting out, I know, this, this kind of like you still absolutely want to be authentic to yourself and create videos that you want to create, but just consider it of like, is there anything that I want to create that maybe is a little bit more of a popular video? Mm -hmm. People are more likely going to click on a video that um, again, has that sense of familiarity than you being like, here's 20 facts about me or something, you know, that's a little too personal. So just try to think within my particular niche, like obviously, you know, with you, you talk about content, like if you were going to create a video like all about content, you could be like the best hacks for 2020 or something like that, you know, just trying to just think about not click baby content, but click worthy content, things that people are actually actively searching for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and I love that you talked about now you look at your analytics because I, I definitely was the same. Uh, any form of analytics, even like Google analytics, I was just like, all that stuff makes me feel a little bit ill. I hate numbers, but now it's so powerful when you actually. so powerful.
1: It's so crazy. powerful. Oh my gosh. I did this like a little analysis of my channel where I really looked at all my videos that were performing really well, the thumbnails that were performing really well. So I changed the color of my thumbnails, but I also realized that people actually, cause best practice on YouTube is to have an expressioned face as a thumbnail. So like a close up, boobs up kind of expression on your face. Oh my God. People can't see us, but I'm doing the like, Oh my God face, uh, the emoji. <laughs> um, but the reality is like that is just kind of best practice. And I used to do stuff like that, very posy shots, when I realized, oh, actually, I looked back at my analytics and all the ones that had performed really well were lifestyle looking shots, like me typing on my laptop or a flat lays of things or just a picture of my desk. And so I changed all my thumbnails to be more reflective of that. And my click-through rate has massively gone up. Similarly, which I am so surprised about, but I realized that the videos that were getting the highest retention were, this is how I do something versus this is how you should do something. So rather than, uh, how you can, you know, create a morning routine, this is my morning routine or something. Now I'm not sure again, if this is cause I already have an audience and my watch time is like 50% subscribers, but like focusing more on like, this is how I do it. Probably more that aspirational thing. Like that even in and of itself was such a massive change. So I would never have known that if I didn't look at my analytics and it's massively helped me. So I think that's even important. Like even little things on Instagram, I go back and look at the pictures that have got the most engagement and they're all of me smiling. The ones where I'm not smiling doesn't get as much engagement. So these like tiny, like you were saying before, like the tiny little tweaks that you can make just because you're paying attention to what's working can really massively help you to grow whatever platform it is you're growing.
0: Yeah. And even your topics as well. Like I know as soon as I post a, um, a caption or a photo or a topic, I know it, like if it's going to do well or not, because usually if it's about me, anything to do with like my personal life, my journey, I just know as soon as I post it, I'm like, this is going to be a good one because you just, you kind of understand how your audience engages with your content and, and it comes down to looking at what works. And just because a Neil Patel or, you know, someone says this is what's going to work in your business.
1: Yeah. Doesn't Doesn't mean it's going to work. Nah, a hundred percent. You have to, and this is again, why analytics are so powerful is that, Uh, business content creation, like this hasn't been something that's been scientifically studied for 50 years and we have a, you know, one way or the highway solution. There is so many variabilities. Like even I would consider myself to be a personal branding expert, a business expert, and I've helped heaps of people build like six figure businesses and beyond. But still, even what I say to you might not be the best necessarily advice you've got to try it and then adapt it like it's it's a pathway towards but you still have to adapt it for your own personal needs right and so i think really understanding like what works for you is so important that's the same as me like if i post a listicle focused instagram caption or a celebrating caption those two i know they're going to be great if i try something else maybe not so much like and that's the thing like going back to my client who like has really, really excelled with her business. She, I know for sure, found a format that worked and then did that. Even Sarah's day, like we were talking about before, where she got a lot of her exposure. Like I know she's gone viral a couple of times for anomalies, like telling my boyfriend I'm pregnant. But prior to that, how her channel really grow was what I eat in a day videos, found a format that worked and just stuck with that. So it's just really finding like, I'm not saying you can only create one type of content, but just knowing that if there's something that's working, just r- run with it.
0: Mm. Yeah. That, that's really good parting advice actually, because I think, you know, we, the throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And it's like, the only one that just works so perfectly with content. Yeah. Because it's just like, just see what, what your yeah. audience likes.
1: And what sticks and then keep doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. I love it. So thank you so much. We could, I could chat to you for I hours. Know.
1: I love cool. it. I love chatting content. Let's do part two. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. No, we have to. So um, can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Obviously we hang out is YouTube. We'll get all your links, but um, yeah, if you just let everyone know how they can search you right now and check out your content.
1: Absolutely. So I'm Erin Mae Henry, pretty much everywhere on the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so yeah, just come over, say hi. I'd love if you just DM'd me and let me know if you enjoyed the episode.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate it.
1: Pleasure, lovely. Thanks for having me.
0: How amazing is Erin? Oh my gosh. I loved chatting with her. We could have chatted for hours about content creating, but she just like Lights up with her energy, doesn't she? Like, oh my gosh, I love talking to her. All of her YouTube videos are incredible. I'll obviously put the link below for you to check her out. And the the freelance writer podcast was featured in one of her videos. How exciting! I'll put that below too. If you are what listening and you were referred by Erin through her YouTube, make sure you come over to Instagram and and let me know because that's amazing. Like, so good. It's the power of community building, right? Um, So some of the key takeaways uh, from this this episode um, for me definitely was the analytics and how important analytics are. Your thumbnails obviously critical for your YouTube. Uh, Having that level of aspiration and relatability in your videos is so important. As Erin said, if you can like get those two together, that is just an incredible. It's just going to do incredible things for your YouTube channel and. Just like having your own flair on your content, looking at the things that interest people in your audience and creating content around it. Like, Erin had some really cool examples of like, she bought the new um, iPad and she thought, oh, well, her audience might want to buy one. So I'll just do a little review on it. Like, and your life is your content. That to me is just amazing. Your life is your content. So if you're feeling uninspired to create, your life is. What you will be creating and your story, your journey, and no story is boring. Trust me. Like, you might think it's boring, but when you tell it to people and you tell it in a way that is just like uplifting, inspiring, and there's high energy around it, like you can turn something pretty average into incredible content, right? So, there were the key takeaways. I hope you got so much out of that. If YouTube is something that you're looking at creating, as part of my ultimate content creating group program. We're going to be going through all of the channels. Um, there's going to be accountability. You're going to be creating so much content after this group program. So if you do want to join, the link is below in the show notes um, and you can join the wait list. I also have my Freelancer to Freedom group program. I don't have a date of kickoff. It is in September. I'm just sort of getting the feelers out there. So if you do want to join, the link is below. You can check out the sales page and have a look at more of that course. But Of course, come up with Instagram. If there's something that you need help with in particular, definitely ask me. I'll be more than happy to send you my free resources, let you know what what programs I have that could help you out. And of course, check out Erin and all of the amazing things that she has on offer as well for you. So make sure you be a content queen or king, and remember that developing your content develops your business. And we've seen this through all of these amazing guests that I've had on that have built their businesses through social media through a content platform okay don't forget that thank you so much for joining me today and please don't forget to share this with all your freelancer business and writing friends you can do this by adding it to your insta stories and tagging me at content queen underscore mariah or by simply telling them about it if you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on it will help me go a long way in getting my message out there and getting this podcast out to more business owners and entrepreneurs you can follow me on instagram or connect with me on linkedin Let me know if there's any topics you want me to talk about in the future. But other than that, make sure you have the most incredible week. Come over onto Instagram, say hey, say hey to Erin, follow Erin's YouTube journey, and I will talk to you all next week.